much for watching Making Healthcare Work for You, Different Perspectives and Empowering Solutions. I'm Stephanie Fields, joined by my co-host, Dr. Apoorv Gupta, and today we're welcomed by Reza Amin, founder and CEO of Bastion Health, and we also are welcomed by Dr. Justin Human, who is the medical director for Bastion Health. Thank you guys for being here so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Reza, I'm going to start with you because this came out of a personal journey for you, uh, the infertility or fertility journey that you and your wife were on several years ago. So tell us, why did you end up going down this road? You knew that this was something you had to do. Why was it so important? And what gap is Bastion Health filling? Yeah, thank you so much. So um, the story started about seven years ago. So uh, seven years ago, I was doing my PhD in medical device health technology. And I was I was doing my research in a field which I I knew uh, about healthcare. I knew about um, uh, fertility and the statistics. So me and my wife tried to get pregnant, um, and my wife started going to her OBGYN, um, and she had done a series of testings and treatment. and um, And her OBGYN was asking um, her that uh, me, me as her partner also should get tested. And I was like, um, okay, what should I do? <laughs> And um, next visit, I went with her to the to her doctor, and um, and her OBGYN was like, "Start working with your doctor." And I was like, "I don't have a doctor." And um, and then the next step for me was to talk to my uh, primary care doctor, start working with a with a urologist, and doing the testings, uh, which is not comfortable. You need to go to a cold room. Um, uh, nurse will give you a cup and a magazine and you know the rest of the story this whole process is not really comfortable so um, seeing the whole journey I realized it's not really a 21st century experience and um, um, and knowing that 50% of infertility cases are because of male factor um, the, the I made it my plan to basically solve for a solu- solve for this problem and come up with a solution so that we make it more easier for men so they engage in their health and be more responsible when it comes to the fertility journey so that they can share the burden with their partners. Yeah, Reza, it's fascinating. I think, and you you touched on this as well as Justin, both of you, when we were talking earlier about the male reluctance, let's say, we're saying they're just not proactive enough. But males, for some reason, uh, culturally speaking, biologically speaking, uh, you know, medically speaking as well, uh, they're just not as programmed to get as much attention during their early years as much as women are. Um, and I'd like to open that up a little bit, maybe Justin with you talking a little bit about why is it that men have so much difficulty getting access to care and, and what opens up this opportunity then for you at Bastion Health? Um, I mean, that, that's it's a great question in terms of why guys are. I think it's biologic in many ways, it's evolution. I mean, we've, we've kind of evolved to be this um, this type of person, I think, in, in society itself promotes this macho man image of just suck it up, tough it out from a physical um, standpoint, uh, health standpoint, mental health standpoint. Um, I think, you know, this is slowly coming uh, as younger, younger generations are kind of becoming a little bit, um, they're changing that, that or they're shifting from that mentality slowly. Um but um, that exists, that idea exists where young where young guys don't really see the desire or see the need to go to see a physician. I think there was something that um, most guys or there's a large proportion of guys who they see their doctor, um, the first time they see their primary care doctor is at the age of 50. 
Um, when a lot of things, you know, not necessarily to say that, you know, at the age of 50, you're going to have a lot of problems, but there's a lot of things you could have missed from your 20s, 30s, 40s, up until that first appointment in your 50s, things that you could have missed and things that could have become uh, prevented if you, if you had been evaluated earlier. So are they more inclined then to uh, Justin and Oreza, which both maybe both of you, uh, they're not they're not accessing the traditional healthcare system. But do we have enough evidence that they're willing to uh, to access the healthcare system if it's digital? So there are some um, data showing that at least with the with the uh, new telemedicines, men's engagement are more than before with the primary care sort of uh, telemedicines that are available. So the, the main thing when, when we are talking about designing any new system or breaking a system and redesigning any new system is to make sure that we redesign it or design it around the users. So if men are the users, first we need to basically have them in mind and start designing the solutions around them. We know men are not really proactive. If they are not really proactive, then let's try to design it in a way so it's easier for them, it's more convenient for them, which means that we need to bring all these components of healthcare at home for them. We want to make sure that at home they can do the testing, at home they can talk to nurses, at home they can talk to their um, primary care doctors and, and um, to a specialist if needed. And this way, basically, we want to make sure we educate them. And of course, with telemedicines and telehealth, we can't really solve for all the problems, but then at least we can engage them in the process and then we can handhold them and guide them and connect them to in-person physicians. It was interesting that you were telling us in the pre-interview, we were talking about, I said, how, where are you finding these men? If they're, they're not proactive, how are they finding you guys? And you said that on the fertility front, so many times they're coming to you through their wives or partners who are trying to get pregnant and are educating them on the options. But you also said that you're now working with employers. And that's an interesting thing because then Justin was saying that there's so much misinformation online now. And because this is something that may carry a stigma, if they're, you know, perceiving themselves to be the failure or not, not able to perform in just, you know, without trying to achieve pregnancy, that they're then seeking out some of these holistic things or perhaps going down the wrong road. So you guys are really filling a gap on a couple of levels. One, you're giving them an actual trusted source that they can go to and talk to a, a comprehensive team because it's not just a urologist. It's also a primary care because Justin, you were saying that so many times a lot of these issues are indicative of or coming from um, all of these other issues. It could be high blood pressure or something else. And so you guys are solving access in an interesting number of ways, both through getting people, you know, the physical access of getting them, but then also tapping into these people in a way that they're not usually going to seek that care. So they might be seeking care for an issue with becoming pregnant or helping their partner become pregnant. And then they're actually finding out that they have these other chronic issues that could be preventing things further down the line. And because you're offering this through employers, it might be something that they're just going to see during open enrollment and, and check a box and be like, oh my gosh, I can another discreet way. So it's kind of helping them get around that. Okay. I saw this on Facebook or Instagram. Maybe I'll try the solution. So how do you guys feel about that? You know, is that something that you feel like you is really an intended thing that you're doing or was that kind of a, an unintended consequence of what you've built? Cause this is all pretty, still pretty new. So what's going into this behind the scenes? Access was the first thing that we needed to solve for fragmentation. We needed to solve for the stigma 
And we need to make sure that we focus on the top ailments that we know that we can add a lot of value for men. And of course, there are other comorbidities that then while we are treating men for those top ailments might be um, might be identified that we need to uh, make sure uh, to solve for those as well. And therefore, we designed our uh, care team in a way that we have a specialist and urologist as the care leader. We have care coordinators who basically do the handholding of the patient during the process. We have nurse practitioners who help a lot with um, ongoing care. And then we have primary care doctors when it comes to um, general health for our patients. Yeah, if I could, if I could piggyback on that. So, I mean, for me, in my, in my clinical practice, I mean, the reasons why, um, you know, I could take, anecdotally, I could tell you when guys, the reason why guys don't come into the office or guys don't see their doctors, number one, it's because they don't have the time, right? Because they're working, right? They're, they're the primary breadwinners of their family in some situations, so they don't have time to take time off work. Um, secondly, it's they, you know, this uh, kind of idea that they don't need to see a doctor, um, which, um, and some, you know, that that's a stigma behind it. And the third one is, you know, to see, to see a doctor, especially a urologist, whether it's to discuss their sexual health or fertility health, um, it's uncomfortable because it's not discreet. So what we're trying to do here is we're trying to really attack those three things, those top three things. Number one, in terms of, uh, we're, we're creating consult or they're able to speak to the doctors whenever they want during work, during their breaks, during their lunch breaks, even after hours, after their, um, shift is over. Um, they're able to schedule consultations. It's discreet because you're doing everything at home. The hormone testing, the, the semen analysis, everything is done in the comfort of your own home. Therefore, you're not seeing anybody in that waiting room at, the, at your urologist's office. You know, you're not worried about running into somebody. Um, and then the stigma part of it, that's the part where I think as a, as a society, that's something that we're all working on, the stigma associated with men's health. No one's really tapped into how to engage men into being proactive about their health. But I think this is just something that's slowly, slowly over the over the years and decades, it's slowly improving because younger guys are. But those top two, we're attacking those um, and making it much more comfortable for guys to, to um, be part of this process. Yeah, Justin, I find that really interesting what you're saying and what Reza just said too. Uh, and, and maybe I'll ask the question and maybe don't mean it mean for it to be provocative, but it may come across that way. Because I understand the aspects of privacy and convenience and uh, and uh, confidentiality, all of which come into play when you have digital health. It certainly uh, enhances all those factors. On the access front, I guess, though, on the one hand, it feels like digital care should enhance access easily because you're providing one more channel. Uh, the, but the question that I really have is there's only so many urologists in the world. And, you know, if you take one urologist out of a, a health system in L.A. and put them now working for Bastion to provide the services, does that ultimately overall enhance access or does it only enhance access in a limited way or in a focused disease problem? Because ultimately, the, the, the challenge that I'm trying to get my head around uh, working in the field is that you know, all of these technologies that are ultimately going to be dependent on, on medical providers are still going to be limited by the number of medical providers we have in the system. System. So I don't I don't mean to propose that as a as a unfair question to you, but I wonder if you have any thoughts about how this overall digital health improves access from a global perspective. Yeah, well, I'll say this is so with the urologist that we have on staff, no one is no one is quitting their day job, right? No one is quitting their day job to do this. This is all supplemental to what they're currently doing. 
Um, I mean, I give you a couple examples. Some people there as urologists were all surgeons, right? Um, some people due to their, their age, um, they don't want to, you know, they, they're unable to, or they don't want to perform surgery anymore, but they still want to actively engage in patient care. So this provides them towards their, the, the later years in their practice or in their careers, they're able to provide, continue to practice as practicing urologists without the, the stresses and the demands of showing up in the OR at 7 a.m., the stresses of post-operative complications, anything like that. We're providing them with the means in which to continue their clinical practice in a much in a different way through telehealth. Um, and then, the, like I said, the other one is, um, this is a, in many ways, it's a part-time gig uh, for some of the urologists who are able to um, basically dip into, have a foot in both camps. So we're not, we're not pulling anything out of the current uh, urology workforce. This is all in addition to. Mm, helpful, thank you. I think this is a big problem now in not only in urology, but in, in other aspects of uh, healthcare. access is a big problem. And the only as a technologist, the only solution that uh, that we can have is to leverage technology in order to make um, the whole process more efficient so that we can um, benefit from the 15 minute visit. And, um, and provide enough value to our patients. So it, at the end of the day, if we can leverage technology and a smart technology so that we can, um, we can create uh, or, or have a very effective amount of time, patient and doctors sitting in front of each other and solving for the problems, um, definitely that would be one way to optimize and with the same number of doctors provide more value to our patients in, in population level back to the actual Bastion Health product. So you have two, you have one that's related to fertility and one that's related to prostate health. So what is, is there an intimidation factor that comes into play whenever people get these kits? So what happens? They go, they, you know, they're finding you through their employer, finding their through their partner. They order the Bastion Health kit that applies to them. And then what happens next? And what is that process like as you've said that there's a care coordinator who does hold their hand with no pun intended drink you know some of those other parts but you know what I mean and so what happens then how long does it take to get the results are they talking with people on a video is it a phone call or they what is what is this experience actually like yeah so um just to give a little bit background why we pick um, men's fertility and why we pick prostate health we know about one in six couples in U.S. have a problem conceiving. And statistically, 50% um, of infertility cases are because of male factor. Culturally, we put all the pressures on women. And also, currently, usually women go through the first set of testings and treatment before men even get engaged in the process. So it's a big problem there. When it comes to prostate health, um, we know that one in eight men in the U.S. will be diagnosed by prostate cancer at some, um, at some point in their lifetime. 50% of men after age 45 have prostate enlargement symptoms, sense of uh, unemptying bladder, frequent urination. Um, and uh, according to National Cancer Institute, uh, in 2018, 74% of men after age 45, they have not done their prostate, annual prostate screening. So there is another big problem also on the prostate health side. So now at Bastion, we wanted to solve for these problems. So we first, um, we knew that first we need to um, make it easy so they can talk to a doctor. So um, 
That's one component. Then we wanted to do testing and then we wanted to make sure we can do some level of treatment. So now the experience today is like this. Um, if um, they want to directly purchase the program, they can go to um, uh, getbastion.com and uh, pick the uh, assessment uh, for prostate or reproductive health. Or if, um, if they are part of a program um, that, that their employer is offering this service, they can, um, uh, for free of cost, um, basically they can enroll in our program and their employers are paying for the, for the service. And then from there, as they sign up, our care coordinator is going to follow up with, um, um, with the patient. They download the app, they're scheduled the first visit with our nurse practitioners. Nurse practitioners collect all the medical history of the patient and also uh, send them the test kit. They receive the test kit for um, uh, reproductive health. They receive um, a test kit for at-home semen analysis an at-home blood test that measures five male fertility hormones. For prostate health, they do uh, at-home blood testing, which is a finger prick test, um, and we test for PSA. And also we do a complete urine analysis to, uh, to test for any infection or any other sort of um, uh, cause of, um, um, uh, cause of sort of um, symptoms for patient. And then the next visit is with a urologist. As a care leader, urologist sit down with patient, go through the result of the test, go through the medical histories and make a complete assessment for patient. And if in case needed, start the treatment um, uh, plan for them. And, and also if their case is complex, that's when we basically start working with patient in order to care navigate them and connect them to a in-person clinic in order to, um, to do um, follow-up visits in person um, if in case they, their case is complex and needs more attention. You've done the initial piloting. You've now launched in a number of states, as you were telling us earlier, with plans to expand this considerably. Uh, can you tell us what the feedback is from the men who have initially tried this product? Is the, uh, you know, the factors that you're suggesting will be enhanced in terms of convenience and access and, uh, and uh, privacy. Is that indeed what men are finding? So the answer is yes. Um, it comes down to those things that we talked about in terms of um, access, discrete, and then the fact that it's employer-based makes it a lot more convenient because it's something that um, this is all part of their healthcare plan. Um, so it's, uh, or it's not, basically it's not coming out of their own pocket. So they're, they're not, they don't have to go out of their way in order to find um, the physician, um, basically their employer and, and indirectly is finding the physician, finding the physician for them. Um, um, it's discreet and then it's, it's done at the, through the, basically as convenient as they want, um, whenever they want. So at some examples here, we had patients who were on testosterone therapy and, um, and they were also trying to get pregnant and they didn't know that when they are trying to get pregnant, they should not be on testosterone therapy. Um, and there were patients that they have done their first uh, prostate exam with us. Um, and we were, we, were, we were, so far, we were so happy that we were able to educate patients and also help them um, do their initial assessment and testings. Um, um, and it was, um, it was a good experience so far for us. And we are excited to expand in, in, in more states and, and have more patients so that we can have more population level data that we can share in future studies. And, and then one more thing, one, one more thing that we're, we're trying to achieve here is, you know, when it comes to fertility, um, some couples 
are experiencing, you know, when it comes to, you know, timing is obviously an issue when it comes to the age and making sure um, from both partner standpoints, the male and the female, but, you know, reproductive age is limited. And sometimes when it takes three, four months to see your uh, fertility doctor, you're burning, you're burning precious daylight there. Um, whereas what we're trying to do is really be seen immediately, get into our system, get tested, get appropriately diagnosed, get appropriately treated. So we're not losing that precious time. Um, that's another part of the convenience here where we're able to get you in rel relatively quickly um, in order to get on the right path sooner and faster. What would you tell these men who may be reluctant to get this help, either for the fertility or for the prostate care? What are you telling them? How do you make them understand that this is important, that this is an easy thing, it's fast, they can get the help they need, and it really could transform their lives? When it comes to, I mean, in terms of testing, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for you. Getting these tests done early, um, and I think I mentioned to you guys you know, earlier, is these, these tests, in many ways, they're like the check engine light sign that comes on in a car. Many of us don't know that there's something going on, some underlying issue. Um, when you are experiencing fertility health, it could be related to a hormonal issue that could be relatively easily fixed. It could be related to having unknown di diabetes, like or pre-diabetes, unknown high cholesterol levels, um, unknown high blood pressure, all of these things. The earlier you treat them, the earlier you address these things, the less likely, likely they are to become chronic conditions. And when, you, when they become chronic conditions, um, in many situations, you're on lifelong medication. So if we could um, not just help you from a fertility standpoint or a prostate standpoint, but if we could help you from a whole overall um, health picture standpoint, um, we're achieving our goal because we're, we're um, you know, you're basically helping yourself. We're helping you to help yourself long term. And just to add to that, so um, so the, so me as a designer of, of, a, of a new solution for for user warm men and we know men are not really proactive but then um, we know that every every man also trying to be healthy they want to be healthy but then they need a solution which is easy they need a solution which is convenient for them so for us we just need to make it easy and bring the solution to them and more and more we are working instead of like having men to change the way that they are dealing with the problem we want to focus at Bastion, we want to focus on how we can solve the problem so it's more, it's it's uh, frictionless, so that men could engage easier. So if if men, as long as they want to be healthy and they want to engage um, in their health, that's I think that's good enough. And on our end at Bastion, we want to make it so easy so that um, we meet each other uh, halfway and we can help them improve their health. Thank you both for being here and sharing this. It was really enlightening to learn about the challenges that do exist in men's health. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you both. And thank you all for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.